Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chop, and with me today is my main man, Danny, with CrossFit San Benito in Hollister, California. Danny, how are you, my man? I am doing good. How are you doing, Adam? Hey, I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. Um, super pumped to have you on the show today. Um, you know, uh, after talking to you just a few minutes ago, you know, it sounds like the uh, the weather is, you know, a little chilly out in California, but nonetheless, you know, palm trees, sunshine, all the good stuff. We, we got some cool stuff, but it is a little cold. <laughs> yeah. Well, well cool. Um, I'm going to go ahead and open it up for our listeners and just go ahead and tell me a little bit about you, your background, your story, what trans or what inspired you to get into this industry and kind of what's your vision behind it. Okay. Um, kind of, kind of normal for most people, I would assume, but, um, I grew up kind of in sports, uh, competitive athlete. And then, um, I started racing motocross, um, I started racing on a professional level, nothing cool for your listeners. I didn't make money at it. I was just at a professional level and I was doing it and I started falling in love more with fitness than I actually did my racing career. So I was just more interested kind of in how the body acted and reacted and what you can actually put the body through. And then I started studying a little bit more about the anatomy, um, just the brain and just little different things that a competitive athlete kind of goes through. So then I started studying more about the body, which I was obviously more interested in. And then I started taking more time and doing that than my actual racing. And then it was really weird because I didn't even really, really know what personal trainers or anything were back then. And then I heard you can actually make money doing it. So I started slowly like, um, what do you call a lab rat with my friends and putting them through different programs and whatnot and just slowly getting that way into it. But I was still working. I was doing construction. I was doing different things, but fitness started just like evolving more and more for me. Um, and I just kept studying on that a lot more than my racing. So my racing took a big halt. Everything stopped there. Started working more. And then I started turning my parents' garage into a gym. <laughs> and that's when I started training and lab ratting with my friends and just different people before I actually went to some schooling and um, took it a little more serious. And um, then the rest was just gym life now. That's cool. Yeah. That's just basically the start of it. <laughs> yeah, the start. Uh, it, it reminded me just a quick little tidbit. I uh, kind of similar story, but I obviously didn't do anything, you know, with CrossFit. But my buddy uh, owns a CrossFit gym in Michigan, um, up in Muskegon. And anyways, he did the same thing. He started and had all this equipment in his apartment. And we would go out onto like the apartment um, basketball courts outside and just like, create our own wads and do all that kind of fun stuff. So it was really cool. And it, it was cool for him to transpire into, you know, a facility. So, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, racing career, which I still think is cool. You know, I mean, not many people can say they professionally raced. So kudos for you. 
<laughs> Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. But the, so the vision behind, you know, your facility now, obviously you start to fall in love more with the body and, you know, what it can do and how it can react and things like that. W- what's now your vision with your facility and like, how do you, you know, want that to carry on to like people that come into your business? Like what's, what's like your, your vision behind what you're doing for the community now? Yeah. I mean, CrossFit's really cool. I mean, I will be the first person to tell you that I did not like CrossFit. And I was one of those people that used to talk crap on CrossFit for the longest time. Um, It took one of my friends four years to talk me into trying CrossFit. Um, I've always been into functional fitness. Um, I just had a bad taste. A lot of people I know do. But CrossFit's really huge on community. And that is the part that I was closed-minded on and I did not see. So I believe the community is huge and one, it's really big on business, but it's also just big because if the people don't have a great time, they're not going to like it. And I understand no one likes fitness every day of their life, but it is something that we all kind of need to do something of. So my vision for that is just to try to get as many people aware, at least, and in the doors and to show them that you can actually still have a good time what you suffer with your friends are new friends that you can make in the gym. Um, rather it's in the gym or not in the gym, but at least I opened your eyes some way of somehow of into this fitness journey that you might take. Yeah. Maybe you expose them to something that they, you know, had an aha moment or they didn't realize, you know, like, Oh, wow. Like I actually, that actually makes sense. You know, I'm going to continue this or, you know, whatever, whatever their path is. So that's really cool. Yeah. So CrossFit San Benito, you know, up in Hollister, when somebody comes into your facility, kind of give me like that, that elevator pitch, like when they come in, what's to be expected? Like what all services do you offer inside of facility? Obviously group training and things like that, but like kind of give me a full walkthrough of like what's all offered, you know, what's a member going to expect when they come in? So, I mean, if you're brand new, you have no CrossFit experience, um, I do a couple of little different things. The one cool thing, like I said, it's community-based. Um, every Saturday, I do a free community class that's open to the community. Um, you don't have to be a member. Of course, you just sign a little paperwork that says you're not going to sue me forever. Um, and it's a free class. If you feel the vibe, feel the vibe, feel everything. And the Saturday classes are really cool. It's just more of like a fun class, fun group class. That's one way. Um, I always show them that, you know, I have flyers for that. Um, Another way, if they're a little more interested, you know, I do three one-on-one training sessions with them, kind of go over all the basics, go over all the movements that you will see, go over all the terminology we use just so they're not deer in the headlights. And then um, I will also run some of those one-on-ones alongside a group class so they can kind of see it from the outside in. And they have a better understanding that it is not as crazy as the internet makes it look. Um, Let's see, what else do we do? I mean, I do, I am still a personal trainer. I do a lot of personal training with my clients as well. Other than just, of course, CrossFit is group classes. Um, We do offer six classes a day. And then in the middle of the day, we have open gym access. So if you wanna work on extra stuff, me and another coach can give you something else to work on your goals, different things, nutrition. We kind of touch base on a little bit of everything. Um, 
basically literally in the name CrossFit, we just touch base on every little aspect of some kind of fitness there is and try to tie it all together to see what you like the best or the most and what you kind of strive a little bit in what direction, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that, I think that's a good, you know, well-rounded answer as far as, you know, like laying out the, uh, the blueprint of, you know, what's to be expected over here. Um, with that, so you met, you touched on, you know, you kind of go through like the movements and what, you know, what they're going to see and things like that. What's, you know, I, I hear often in the CrossFit world specifically, and, you know, you probably heard this too, being in it, you know, like CrossFit sometimes gets a bad rep because, oh, like, oh, the overhead snatch, like, you know, your knees are going to bottom out and break, you know, like all these like things. So what's your take? What's your educational component and piece on like that? Like those, those rumors, those like, do you instill like a sense of like education on like, obviously the proper movementation of, you know, let's just say an overhead snatch or, you know, like the, 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 the clatching or clatching the snatch clean, um, you know, like talk me through that piece. Um, so that I said, I was not a big believer in CrossFit for the longest time. I took a way different route. Um, I was like a full hippie when I first got into this, I lived in the woods. So I took a whole holistic approach to training. Um, and I believe in movement, but also everyone has limitations and that's the cool thing about it. So I do the, I do the on-ramps. I do the three one-on-ones with the people. So one, I get to know them. Two, I get to know their limits and boundaries. So rather they can do the full range of motion or not, we could find something that you can do that's not going to hurt you. And then we can find you something that you can work on that can either bring you back to that range of motion and getting you better mobility. Um, so I give them some kind of education tip and homework to do outside of the gym or maybe if they come 10 15 minutes early or i mean you know stay a little bit after class work on a couple extra stretches work on a little bit of banded work just to either like for the snatch example work your overhead mobility work your overhead stability and actually working depth on your squat so i would give them a couple pieces to work on on their own and then let's say it was in the workout but since i know them and i know what they can do i give them something else to do within that workout so they don't feel like they are in the corner by themselves. Yeah. That's that's, yeah, that's like a huge thing. You want to make sure everyone feels like they belong. Yeah. And going back to like your community aspect and, you know, let's say you kind of like nurture them a little bit, get them comfortable, you know, show them what they are capable of and then kind of watch them grow from, you know, your standpoint when they first walk in through the door. Yes. Um, clientele wise, you know, typically what, what on average do you see? Like, do you see a client coming in that wants to just lose general weight? Do they want to be like more of like a CrossFit athlete? Like what, what's the typical clientele that you see? Um, I'm in a very small knit community. And right now we got a weird thing going on where we're getting a lot of people from our Bay area moving here. So we're getting a lot of different now. Um, when I first got this place, I'm very competitive, so I thought I was going to have a competitive gym, and hopefully my 530 class listens to this, because they're the ones that brought me down, and not everyone's into being competitive. Um, everyone just wants to be healthy. Everyone wants to be able to move. Um, I joke with my 530 because I do the 530 every day, and they know that they're just, they're there every day, though, 
and they just want to move, be healthy. Um, of course, you know, they get stronger as they go and they do it without even realizing it, but um, they mostly want to move and they just want to come hang out and still do it but not kill themselves to the full extent <laughs> maybe on an off day they're like all right danny let's go let's 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 ramp it up yeah occasionally you know when they're having a good day i mean anyone when you're on your good days i tell them if today's a good day go for it go for it you know throw throwing a little uh hey dinner's on me if you can beat me at this oh man we have bets are i've actually oh, yeah. I, I owe one class around the margaritas because they beat my bet so we definitely do that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me a little bit more about that uh, before we kind of dive into like the business, you know, what kind of like fun challenges and things do you do that keep people like wanting to come back? So it's not just like, oh, here's class, here's why, here's this, here's that. Like what, you know, kind of fun, inspiring challenges or things you do differently in your facility? Well, I mean, it's, it's crazy. So CrossFit, I have so many people, they always tell me they're not competitive, but if anyone kind of has an understanding of CrossFit, everyone's times and name are on the board so everyone sees it throughout the day if you come into later classes and so that's how that bet came about um we had someone finish this workout really fast so i offered all the other classes because i didn't think anyone was going to beat them i said if anyone can beat this guy's time i will buy this class around to margaritas <laughs> and someone beat it and that's how it happened we do have side bets like that all the time we do a little different things like that um but I think people just really want to better themselves mostly. And most of the time I see people doing CrossFit, they join it with a friend or a spouse um, of some sort, and they kind of compete against each other secretly. But then once you get to know them better, they'll start to tell you more that they are competitive. Mm -hmm. No, they like to tell people they're not. <laughs> it's kind of like that, uh, you know, like in your head, you're like, yeah, like, I'm really competitive or like, no, I'm not competitive. And then like you get into the action and like, it just comes out of you without even like holding them back. And you're like, shoot. <laughs> totally. Totally. And then, I mean, I see it. I see it all the time. They will try to beat someone, someone they don't even know his names on the board, but they want to beat that person. Cause I see they show up every day too. So it's, yeah. I gotta, I gotta be better than that person. It, exactly. And then, I mean, we do other little things. I mean, since it's community, we do little Christmas parties. Um, we do, you know, any kind of holiday party. We do holiday workouts. Um, like right now, I waited till the end of January to start like the New Year's resolution thing. So now we're about to do another eight-week challenge. Um, we have eight weeks to lose body fat percentage but also gain muscle mass percentage. So it's not just a number on the scale. It's just going by percentages. And there's winners, there's prizes, but we also have weekly tasks. We have nutrition talks. Um, so I try to offer more and more to the members to get more from the gym than just coming here for an hour and working out. That, that's exciting to hear because, you know, people will... Uh appreciate that and you know say oh well, my gym does this or you know my place does this and you know what does yours do and then you know depending on the answer yeah exactly it's word of mouth is huge so as long as they're happy they're going to talk about you <laughs> can't can't disagree with that one uh danny so right now like what uh roughly what's the square footage of your facility 
I am right underneath 4,000 square feet. Okay. So 3,900 and some change, some weird number. We'll say, we'll say 999. <laughs> um, and with that, how many members do you currently have? So right now I'm floating around a hundred. Okay. I go a little below occasionally and I dip under and then I'll go back up to like 110. It just floats around. Yeah. It's kind of up and down depending on like the month or the. Yeah. All right. With that number, kind of paint me and the, and the listeners here uh, a bigger picture. You know, every, every gym owner, every business owner has a target goal or something that they would like to achieve. Kind of walk me through and our listeners through like what, you know, this number, where would you like to take this number? Where would you like to take your facility? You know, like what kind of plans do you have for the future? Um, of course we always want more, but I, I don't not necessarily just want more, but I want more like lifelong ones. I want more that are actually going to enjoy the community, be a part of the community. Um, I would love to have another solid 20 by the end of the year that are going to be lifelong, um, and see how that goes. And I think that's a pretty, not that it's an easy number to hit. I mean, I can easily go get 20 new members real quick, probably if I went like cold calling and doing all that kind of stuff. But I want someone that actually wants to be here is what I want. Yeah, the the journey and, you know, somebody that's going to, you know, want to, you know, like there, there's always those people like the, let's say like the the January, like New Year's resolutioners that are like, oh, I want to try this two weeks later. Like, yeah, and I'm done, whatever. And like, it sucks because you you want to genuinely help them and make them better and you'll make them lifelong people and like you know hey come come to my place and you know it's it's like uh it's like a you know like a football practice where you know like everybody comes together and they're all working together and you know towards that goal and you know they want to win and whatever that win looks like you know is based upon each person exactly what real quick what would you know you said 20 what would 20 new members you know look like what would that bring you as far as you know the next steps with CrossFit San Benito what do you mean bring me like my next steps like yeah so I guess I'll elaborate for you what you know like if you had 20 new members what different types of things would you want to do or be able to do or is it just like you know, you want to keep growing the, the, the memories to a point where like, you're just happy with those numbers. I mean, I would just love 20 new members. I just more new members, um, as far as just, like I said, just lifelong ones. So like we draw like a really good community from them, a good friendship with them. Um, because like we do a lot of stuff outside of the gym together as a community, there is a couple of tight niches within the gym and we do a lot of stuff outside of the gym and our town's actually growing we live in a little i call it a little country town but um we have a lot of people coming here and a lot of people don't even know about this place so it'd just be cool for people to see it experience it um i don't know if i would do much different things having 20 new ones other than just more equipment of course i mean yeah growers, more bikes more more stuff like that um but just keep running it and just trying to keep it still like found family orientated, um, small business like that. Yeah. Would, would you ever, you know, consider either two things, either getting a bigger space per se, you know, you had the members and, and the, the need for it, 
and or would you ever consider you know having like a second location or you know maybe an add-on to your current location I would love a second location. <laughs> a lot of my friends talk about a second location um, from where I kind of grew up a little bit. And mm-hmm. I, that would be awesome. Um, and I would love to make, this place is huge. I've coached at a lot of different gyms and I've coached at big ones, little ones. And um, this this size is like a perfect size. But once I've been here, I want bigger. <laughs> I definitely want a bigger place, but um, that competitiveness in you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, just under four thousand square feet, you could probably definitely easily fit, you know, easily twenty to fifty, even maybe a hundred people in your facility, depending on how it's laid out. Obviously, I'm I'm not, you know, seeing that, but um, yeah, four thousand square feet is pretty decent. No, it's it's a big size. I mean, I can definitely get a lot of people in here at one given time, so that's nice. Um, I, I think the, the the size is perfect right now. Um, it could definitely handle a lot more people. Yeah. Um, so with like you know members and you know getting new people in the door and things like that, like what you know, have you ever done, you know, paid advertising to get people in? Kind of walk me through that process. I've honestly never done any paid advertising. I've never done any advertising. Um, well, I guess that's kind of a lie. The way I advertise is um, like old school marketing. Um, like I said, I'm a small community out here. I do a lot of things for the community. I donate to a lot of things. I do a lot of like the silent auctions where I donate, you know, like three months membership. Um, but then I also go to these places and I'm just present at a lot of things, a lot of the events in town. Um, we have a run coming up. So there's like a, it's a 10 mile run coming up. So I'm gonna go out there. We're sending a big group of the members out there running it. Um, if they need help, I'll volunteer out there and stuff and just be present, just be known. I've done farmer's markets. Um, actually the other day I was just at this little private school we were judging a little poem contest, but then the little kids wanted to have a push-up contest <laughs> with me at the end. So, I mean, that was cool. You know, I mean, just being within the community and being in the community all the time. I think that's the way I advertise and the way I've been marketing. Um, I've looked at like, you know, like Instagram, Facebook type things, like how you can do that. Yeah. I've never done it though. So I don't, I don't even know the ins and outs really of it. Right. Yeah. It, it can be tricky sometimes too, as far as like, you know, like I, I call myself almost like a dinosaur sometimes because I, you know, times are evolving, you know, everybody's on social media doing those things. So it's like, you know, there's so many different clicks and niches and like target cookie, you know, like all the, these marketing type things where it's like, man, where do I even begin? Yeah, exactly. I'm super old school. I mean, I'd still wish people would just pay me cash. I, I'm tired of all these recurring payments. <laughs> cash is king. It is. Yes. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. People, uh, people that don't know the value of a dollar and, uh, the, the physical dollar can, uh, I got some books for you. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, cool, man. Like touch a little bit more on the marketing side here, uh, as we get and go through our segment, um, what things are you during doing currently? I know you said like fundraisers and marketing stuff like that, but like how many leads do you think, or are you getting, you know, on a month over month basis, obviously it's the new year. You're, probably a little more than, you know, like on a regular monthly basis, but like kind of walk me through and walk our listeners through, you know, month over month, how many leads kind of like, what's the conversion ratio into like, you know, good long-term members. Yeah. So 
I mean, like I said, I do the free community class, which has always been a killer um, mm -hmm. as people will bring their friends to see if they like it. Um, I just lost what I was about to say. <laughs> oh, man. I just had it. Community class, bringing their members. Um, or bring their friends. What was I just about to say? You know, I just <laughs> I drew a fat blank right there. Um, oh no! So this eight week challenge thing—that's what I was about to talk about. So right. the eight week challenge. Um, not that it's only for my members. I just opened it up to the community as well. So you don't even have to be a gym member to come do this. And so that's what I'm doing as well. I'm opening it up to the community. And then if let's just say, you know, a random person wins it, he's going to win three month membership. So then he also gets an opportunity to try it, whether they use it or not. Um, I, like I said, I'm part of another fundraiser coming up as well. I just try to see what's always coming up. That's my biggest thing. And I try to be at them. And CrossFit is also a tight knit. So I do a lot of little CrossFit competitions as well. And I will go to the local competitions as well. Um, I try to donate to them. I try to become a sponsor for them. Just so your logo and your brand is on their shirts or, you know, your brand, your brand's everywhere. Mm -hmm. See it more often. But then I also, I hold little competitions here. Um, we have one coming up in February. I do an annual one, a big one. That's a CrossFit one that has actually been pretty successful. Um, we've been doing it for quite a few years now. And um, those have been pretty killer because I've been putting my name on the map more and more each time. Um, everyone tells me I need to go more though on social media and doing all that. Yeah. Uh, like I literally, I have someone running my social media now for me and she's doing a killer job and that's been helping. It's well, it's definitely been getting more likes and follows. <laughs> yeah. Of those, you know, of the, the current content creation, things like that, like what kind of lead generation are you seeing from like those posts and the likes and the follows are people inquiring, you know, kind of talk me through that um yes and no i mean we get i get so many emails and i get so many messages a day and they ask but then like you know it's probably like any kind of business you probably get like one of ten that hit you up so it's just i don't i think today's generation just rather like talk real quick um for example i go on marketplace all the time and everyone always asks if something's available but they never follow through um so it's kind of the same deal that I see a lot and I don't really have the golden answer of like how you get all 10 of 10 um other than when I reply or when I talk to people I try to be as personal as possible as far as not weird personal but like it's a real person talking to you um mm -hmm. it's not a robot yeah I, I try to get people to come in and talk to me um, face to face, like, you know, just to see the community. And that's where I think the Saturday free class is a very easy class, but also on the other end, you're not losing anything if you don't show up. So it's kind of like a, a pass fail in a way. So it's not always the best, but it's not always the worst. 
So like, it's if someone can find that golden answer, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> well, uh, we'll we'll save that for after the show. But I, I got some good answers for you. Um, <laughs> but um, wait, wait for it. Come back to me now. <laughs> there it is. Sorry, I I kind of had the same thing come on there for you. Yeah. Um, you know, would it be fair to say if you were able to? find the golden answer of how to, you know, turn those leads inquiries into members. And then, you know, through like your community atmosphere that you've already created and your workouts, you'd be able to keep them as a longer term member. Um, would it be safe to say that if you were able to do that, you'd be able to grow those 20 members a lot more efficiently and quickly and potentially, you know, either, expand bigger building or a second facility if that's something you want to pursue yeah oh totally i believe so yeah um absolutely because it, it sounds like you know from just talking to you and everything that once they're in they kind of just kind of fall into the melting pot right they become a part of what you're doing and so i feel like that's where you're creating your long-term members because everybody's chatting with each other. Everybody's helping each other. Everybody's like one family. So yeah, correct. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah, I, uh, I still remember all those CrossFit days, <laughs> all those failed overhead snatches and people yelling at the pool. Oh, good, good, good times. Yes. Um, well, let's talk about retention really quick. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, sometimes you go over, sometimes you go under that hundred mark and whatnot. Uh, what processes aside from, you know, the family aspect and the community aspect, you know, what are the the biggest things or challenges you think are when retaining the people that come into your facility? My biggest thing that I've, when I've lost is I have a lot of students. So when they graduate, they leave and no one, I get it. I, I graduated here too. And I left and, um, I didn't come back for quite a while. I didn't want to come back to Hollister. And I mean, no one, I hope someone looks up Hollister on the map after this. I mean, no one knows where it is and there's nothing too great here. So I get wild. Like, I lost quite a few students just recently because they all graduated high school and then they took off to college. Um, that's my biggest one that I've been losing on, um, which is nothing wrong with that at all because they always come back and visit. Um, I'm just really hoping now that all the Bay Area is moving here. Um, those are what I'm going to be trying to target more, just a little bit more middle age, um, because then they will stay longer. They don't, I'm pretty sure a lot of people here now are moving here to settle down here. Um, so it's, I guess it's the age group that I'm trying to find now. Yeah. With your, um, you know, I, I don't know where Hollister is. I've never been to California. Um, but would you would you say, like, are people moving into the area, you know, and again, I know nothing about California other than that certain parts of California are extremely, like, unbearably expensive. Um, is, is Hollister a part of, like, that, you know, is it, like, a suburb of, like, a very, like, you know, like, upbeat, ritzy, like, you know, high price point area? Or is it kind of, like you said, more like, you know, farmish land you know smaller like you know what's what's that you know i guess price point look like yeah the price point's a lot better that's why everyone's moving here 
it's Got a it. lot better and it's only well it used to only be about a 45 minute drive to the silicon valley but now that of course that drive is getting a little worse for everyone but um that's the whole reason why everyone's coming here so yeah and then domino effect then that price point starts to go up and then you you know get a little inflation and you got to increase everything yeah everything's a little extreme out here right now <laughs> yeah hey florida i i felt that like miami is insane and it's, it's just trickling up the the state yeah i can see that oh yeah oh man i mean i go on and on but um well kind of back back recycling to you a um, couple questions here before we wrap it up. I always love to ask this question because I think this gives listeners and other gym owners too that are you know listening around, you know, uh, insight or perspective. But you know, you have your facility, you have everything that's going. You know, want to get more members. You know, reach out to more people that are moving to the area. You know, maybe some different marketing strategies. But you know, where where you are currently and all the things that you're doing. You know, if there's one specific goal or one specific thing that you're like, oh, man, like I need to do better at this. What do you think that would be? Oh man, I need to be a better businessman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need to be better on behind the scenes. Um, definitely the marketing. Um, I'm really good. I believe at least my stronger points are in person, um, talking with people. Um, but I'm not a huge salesperson. So that's my fault. Um, I've had people come in here and I've given them a few days free and I don't even like, I mean, I get their information, but like, I don't even follow up because in my opinion, they didn't come back because they didn't like it. And that's just, I think my fault on being like a salesperson um follow up yes hey you know that there's not there's nothing wrong with that it's honesty you know and for, you know from experience you know uh, follow-up is so crucial because you never know until you ask that is true <laughs> yeah um well cool danny uh last but not least here uh as we get to wrap up how can our listeners reach out to you if they're in the area, if they're vacationing for a day or they're just like, Oh, like, I want to go check this place out. It seems so cool. How can they reach you? Whether it's email, Insta, you know, social media pages, things like that. Kind of lay, lay, lay the land for them. Ooh, CrossFit Sam Benito. Um, CrossFit Sam Benito.com. Uh, my email is CF Sam Benito.com. My Instagram. Oh, this is going to be bad if I don't know this, but I'm pretty positive. It's CrossFit Sam Benito. <laughs> Uh, same thing with Facebook. Um, reach out anytime. Give the page a follow. I believe our content's pretty decent. I try to be unique on there. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, all right, everybody. For those of you listening around the world, um, that's Danny's gym. That's what he's doing. Go follow him, support him. Um, and if you want to be on the show, feel free to type your information in the link below and we'll reach out to you and we will get you on the Jim Lords podcast. But until then, y'all, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, 
Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Kristen from My Body Shop Fitness. What's going on, Kristen? How are you doing today? Doing fantastic. We're here in Minnesota where we are getting some more snow. So we're definitely <laughs> in the white tundra out here right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Things are going well. That's good to hear. Um, I'm going to keep on enjoying my warm 70 degree weather in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> fantastic. You do that. So before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at My Body Shop Fitness, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business of people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. How I describe our business is that we are here to serve our community. So we offer 24-7 membership with a lot of a lot of people really like that because then they can come in on their time. But we also offer classes, which you can be a member to do that, or you can buy a punch card separately as a non-member to be able to do that. Um, we also have several trainers on hand. So we do a lot of personal training and group training in a very large facility that is broken up in such a way that different kinds of members get an opportunity to enjoy the gym in the way that works for them. The people who like to just do machines get to have their space. The meatheads get to have their space. We have class areas and a more private area for yoga or for stretching and ab work that sometimes gals skip because they don't wanna be out in the main part of the gym. So full service, Absolutely, that is what we do. We have a little bit of everything here. We have a lot of seniors in this community also, so it's been a really great pleasure to get to work with a lot of them and find them some accountability buddies so that they get here on a regular basis. Very nice, very nice. Kind of sounds like a, a one-stop shop in a way. It, it is a lot of one-stop shop, yes. <laughs> okay, so back tracking a little bit, um, prior to opening your gym, were you already working in the fitness industry? I wasn't working in the fitness industry, but my family and I were involved, heavily involved in a Taekwondo studio. And we were all second degree black belts and competitive um, in the Taekwondo sparring circuit. And I was also in the nursing industry. And so as the insurance companies were changing how we got to care for our patients, and we became more involved in the fitness of being an athlete. Um, we had many talks about how to serve the community as a whole and not just be one of the chain gyms that, you know, you go and hamster on a wheel on the treadmill. Um, and so being into athletes like that and being around a lot of other athletes, we got the opportunity to talk about what is missing in our community? How can we serve the community better? And so coming from the nursing background, and having that athletic experience sort of brought me into, okay, I'm going to start building a personal training clientele and see where we go from there. Uh, and then a building happened to open up that fit all of the things we've been talking about. Huge space, separate areas. Um, it just was meant to be at that time. Very nice. So being that you didn't necessarily have like a 
a business background before you started the gym and you've been in the industry for between 12 and 15 years, right? If you had to pick two skills, knowing what you know now, um, pick two skills that are necessary to build a business, like two skills that you, if you had to, you would rely on them for the rest of like your career. What would those two skills be and why? Number one would be marketing. That has been uh, something really difficult to really wrap my head around in this area. So it's taken some trial and error. Um, I think the other skill is to make sure you understand your audience and to figure out what your niche is so that you can do your marketing properly and you can address this, everything that you really would like to offer in your facility, make sure it matches your community. So I think um, the people skills part of it is huge that I think that people miss out on a lot of the time as an entrepreneur. People skills. So in your definition, what, what's your definition of people skills? The ability to talk to people with ease, to be able to talk about your business with ease, to have the confidence to know that you can change people's lives in a meaningful way and be able to express that to them. And how do you get there? It's mm -hmm. an interesting journey to be able to get to that place. Every other job I've had, they come to you. You, you don't have to go out and search out uh, members or customers. They are coming to you. So that is a whole nother um, aspect of owning a business that's I wasn't exactly prepared for. <laughs> mm, that's a good point you bring up there. There are a lot of things that you just don't know until you start to get into the arena and start doing the work. Mm -hmm. so, there was a, so there was a gym here at one time that I was training at and they were going to be closing. And I thought, okay, so they're just going to all move my way. And you can never make those kind of assumptions because life changes. And so... Um, becoming prepared for that took a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do have another question about people's people skills, like for the trainer or the business owner that may not be their strong suit. Um, do you think that's something that can be grown, like people can grow in their people skills skill set? Had an interesting conversation with the guy the other day. And he was like, you either got it or you don't. So I would like to hear your perspective. Do you think that is an area that you can grow in or? I absolutely think you can. I think that for me, um, public speaking wasn't something that I was super comfortable with, but you need to be. Uh, so I joined our local chamber, which forces you to be out with other business folks who typically are entrepreneurs. And so you can learn a lot from them. Um, but I also joined a hard networking group, which is a paid group. But every week you have to come up with a new commercial uh, to talk about your business or a new offering that you have. And so it forces you to look at what am I offering and how am I going to talk about it and how am I going to create this sales force within all of these other people. And so it forced me to look at the business in another way, but also to talk about it. And it wasn't something I was super comfortable with. Uh, there's always Toastmasters. I, I, that was not going to be something that worked for me, but getting involved in the community in these smaller groups and volunteering and just forcing myself to go and do the hard things that I wasn't particularly gifted at 
-hmm. I think that that really helped me improve that ability to talk about my business. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that story with us. So let's talk a little bit about marketing. I know that's, you said that's something that um, you did find challenging like early on. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you, what, let's start with what didn't work and then kind of transition to like what's been working well. What didn't work was newspaper ads. <laughs> um, I, it was, that was not fruitful here. This area, I do live in a small town, and there are a couple other fitness facilities here. Um, we're all a little bit unique, and so we all offer a little bit different opportunities for people to find their fitness. So newspaper ads don't work. In my experience, they just don't work in the fitness community because People need to be comfortable with you. They need to be comfortable with your facility, how you do things. And if they don't walk in and get the right vibe, they're not going to come back. And I don't want to sign up a member who I'm never going to see again. So um, having open houses was greatly successful in the beginning because my building does not look like 4,500 square feet. And so having open houses meant people would walk in and keep walking and walking and be so surprised at the size of it. And you can't describe that without driving people in the door. I had a bunch of vendor fairs in the beginning too, which brought more people in. Um, And so I think that was super helpful. At this point, social media is how we operate and word of mouth. Word of mouth is huge because they're gonna be your most loyal clients because they have come from another client or one of the other instructors they're already sort of familiar with what's happening here and they trust whoever told them about it. But social media is huge in this area. So, and it's free for the most part, unless you do some of the paid ads. And so every week we post our class schedule because you never know when someone new is going to see it. Um, And just so the people know, yep, we're still here. We're still active. We're still doing our thing. Yeah. So have you guys uh, dibbled and dabbled in paid advertisement yet? I've done just a little bit of it. I do have somebody who's doing most of the marketing for me now. She creates um, some little mini smash up videos and things that they're very funny and they draw people. And so I think that's really helpful to give somebody something new to look at. We Mm -hmm. did a bunch of the like TikTok plank challenges and things and posted those because people need to see something different and silly and that we're realistic about our skill set. And it's not always good but we give it a go. Yeah. So with the, um, the person that you have doing the marketing, um, mm-hmm. how, I guess your organic content, how is that leading to somebody who's paying for a membership? I think that it keeps them, it's good for retention. I think for people to see that we're continuing to try to think of new ways to make the, their um, their time here fun, but satisfying for them, I think is huge. We survived a pandemic where our governor shut us down several times, and but we survived because we went to digital content and a lot of it was pretty silly, but it kept people engaged. And so we had the opportunity to use that sort of as our marketing. And instead of people leaving us, they came to watch the silly organic content that began to happen. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Um, so a lot of people do the, like the silly stuff on TikTok, uh, Instagram. So glad to see you guys tapping into that. Now, 
when it comes to like when somebody actually decides to commit to your gym um what does that look like like do you guys offer maybe a free consult coming in or a free trial of some sort my experience with free is that people find no value in something that is given away um, we do offer one free class to anybody who wants to try a class the first one is on us Mm -hmm. Because that gives me an opportunity for them to see the gym and see this is a place that they feel comfortable. Typically, I don't offer a like a week's trial or anything like that. They come in and if we do a consult and they say, okay, I'm just not sure, then I'll say, well, if you're in your workout clothes, why don't you go ahead and try out some of the machines, see how it goes. Um, a lot of people just are ready to sign up. And then we talk about setting up a consult where I teach them how to use the machines. I don't want you to come in, walk like a hamster on the treadmill, and never utilize any of the other equipment is there because you're afraid. It is here. You're paying for it. Let's make sure you know how to use it. So I think a lot of it is their confidence in me and my willingness to help them once they're here. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So when it comes to like the selling are you what's your role in that like are you like the one that's closing the deal or have you outsourced that I have a little I've outsourced it a little bit closing the deal is actually me because I'm the one who's running the system that we utilize but I do have multiple people who tour people who help them figure out their paperwork they talk about all the offerings so the closing of it where they're actually getting their key card I'm getting a liability waiver, all of that falls on me as the owner, but the touring and the talking, I do have multiple people who help me with that. Gotcha. Okay. So I talked to a lot of gym owners who find it very hard to like delegate tasks away. Is, is that something that you found challenging or easy to do? Um, I think in the beginning, it was a little bit difficult because um, I felt bad asking people for help. But what I've discovered is that people want to help. If they're in a place that they want to be, they want to be helpful and they want to feel like a part of it. And by delegating, people are invested in the gym and in the business because they feel like they're an integral part of it, which they are. So I've gotten a lot better about that. The longer I'm open, the better I have gotten with the delegating. And it just there aren't enough hours in the day for me to do everything well. And it doesn't make sense for me to assume that I could. That's a good point. Um, I guess my next question about just delegating tasks is how do you know when it's time? Oh, that's tough. Uh, when I see that things are not getting done, <laughs> then I know that it's time. Or if I am thinking about a task and I'm just dreading it, then it's time to think about how can somebody else help me to not dread this because then I might that might overflow into some of the other things that I need to get done. And I, I don't want to ever dread coming in the door here. Yeah. And so if it's something that I'm really thinking, hey, I'm unsure about this, I'm not very good at it, or I just don't want to do it, it's time to find somebody to help. Gotcha. Okay. Very well said. Um, so as the business owner, what is your day to day look like? Because this is what you do like full time. So are there certain tasks that you feel like, or numbers even that you may be looking at on a daily basis that are important to just keep track of 
as the owner? There's so many things to keep track of. Um, I do pretty much everything here. I do delegate out, but in the beginning, I did everything from plunging the toilets to restocking everything to, I mean, I was shoveling the sidewalk right before I came in here because it's got to get done. And I think yes. that um, it, assuming that things are just going to happen without your input as an owner is just unrealistic. People expect attention to detail starting with the owner coming all the way down. And so uh, my day starts pretty early because I do teach the early morning classes and then I roll into some personal training and then in the midday, it's sort of that I've got lots of computer work to catch up on, some uh, number work to catch up on. Um, and then I come back for the evening for more personal training and teaching classes. So it's, a, I mean, it is a, it can be a long day, but there are days that I set aside that this is my evening that I'm not going to be here. And I think when you're talking about the delegating, part of that is the, the ability to say no and not feel guilty about it. There are certain evenings or times of day that I'm not going to take appointments, whether or not I'm doing some other work. That's one thing, but I am not going to book an appointment and I've set more of that time aside. Yeah. So with how your day flows now, would you at all want that to change in the future? I thought about that. Um, I think because of the industry, it's really difficult to make that look any different. Um, I wouldn't mind handing off the 5 a.m. class to someone else, but I also don't want it to go away. It's a very dedicated, loyal group, and I honor the fact that they come in at 5 a.m. before their workday and get it done. And so um, right now, I'm really dedicated to keeping all that together. I think that I'm starting to um, do more small group training versus one-to-one -one because it's just not efficient use of time. Everybody wants that evening time slot. Well, if you want it, then you're going to have to work with so-and-so. And so I'm, you know, I'm pretty cautious about who am I going to put together to work well together. Um, so I don't, I don't think so. I think I've done a better job about, I don't take weekend appointments. If somebody wants a tour, I can delegate that out. Um, my husband and I are special Olympics coaches. And so there's an evening set aside for that. And so I, I don't think I really would right now, but again, we don't have small kids at home either. So I think that it looks different depending on your lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the future and some of the goals that you guys are working towards right now. Um, Cause I do know that you are still, uh, wanting to definitely grow the gym um mm -hmm. what does that look like like what would you want your gym to look like by june so by the summertime i definitely want to build the membership because right now we sort of ebb and flow with our numbers but we stay about the same and i would like to increase that because i know there's some new insurance programs out there that are bringing new people in who haven't been here before so i really would like to build that membership base but I also would like to work on the class numbers and maybe the class offerings. And until we build the class numbers and participants a little bit, we're not going to be able to build the class offerings. And I think that the class offerings really lend itself toward building the membership as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
So is there any class in particular that you want to see more members in or just kind of like all around? What I really would like to be is more reliable. Um, I want, I would like to see class attendance to be more, um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but to have more regular attendance instead uh, of the hit or miss. I just, there's a real struggle with getting weekly numbers to be about the same. And it's very difficult to plan a class when you're really unsure of what the headcount is going to be. Do I pull out eight kicking bags? Do I pull out four? Yeah. Is it going to be people who can really go at it? Is it, mm -hmm. you know, I so it's, I would like to figure out a way to make sure that we're providing the services that people want at the time that they want. And gotcha. I think that that would, I, I just really want consistent attendance is what I want. Got it. Got it. Okay. So as it's almost time for us to wrap up on the podcast here, if knowing what you know now, um, after being in the industry for about 15 years, give our listeners one piece of advice that you wish you had at the very beginning, beginning of your journey. One piece of advice I wish I would have had is there are going to be some very trying days and there are going to be some very wonderful days and to try to figure out how to balance all of that. And remember that there are ebbs and flows in any business, but if you're providing the confidence and the service that people are looking for and that you can keep them on a healthy path, you are serving your community and in turn, your community is going to be loyal to you. Alrighty, mic drop moment. Um, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode, but before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. My Body Shop Fitness Center is in Delano, Minnesota, which is in the Midwest. Um, it, we are out west from Minneapolis, right off of the highway, right across from a clinic. You can find us on the web, www.mybodyshopfitnesscenter.com. We have an Instagram page, and I have an Instagram page for my Whole30 Coaching as well. All right, Kristen. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast, and definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. So, Thank you. You're welcome. To everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button, excuse me. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up, right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, our guest is Jerry Martin of Jack King's Gym, coming to you from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Jerry, how are you today, sir? What's going on? Good. How are you doing this morning? Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to to hear the tale and dig into Jack King's gym. As I understand it, this is quite a long-standing establishment. I don't want to steal your thunder or, or paint on your canvas, Jerry. Before we get to the business conversation and the day-to-day of what the gym looks like now, tell me a little bit about Jack King's gym first and foremost. How do you describe this? What is this in your words? Well, Jack King, who started the gym in 1976, um, originally it was called Jack King's Nautilus because Mr. Jack King bought all the original Nautilus machines, the first series, which now is a collector's item, which we still have. Um, and he just started the business as his own hobby. Jack, was, Jack King was a uh, Olympic lifter turned bodybuilder, um, and he started competing in bodybuilding in 1975. And um, once he started the gym, it was just a hobby for him to have a little area to go train at. And he was also started training some Olympic lifters and bodybuilders in that time frame as well that were coming up during the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And so somewhere along the way, you became involved. Tell us kind of that, that tale and, and how things transitioned to, to where they are now. So I, I knew of Jack King uh, here locally in Winston-Salem. Jack was on some of the local TV shows showing exercises on some of the workout machines, uh, how to do a proper squat. And, uh, and the gym was also had a reputation like that's a hardcore gym. You don't want to go to that gym. It's a real gym. And uh, as a young, young adult, I heard that and I was like, ah, yeah, I'll probably steer away. Then one day I, was, I decided to stop in and, and check it out for myself. And uh, that was in uh, late 2000. And uh, immediately came friends with Jack. Uh, uh, he took me under his wing. Uh, I didn't intentionally join to go compete, but he kind of steered me in that direction five years after that. And I started competing in natural bodybuilding. Yeah. Uh, fell, fell in love with the sport and uh, started learning about the history about the gym. Well, There's a lot of history from a lot of girls and guys who competed professionally out of that gym. So that got, kind of got me absorbed into the whole fitness industry lifestyle. Now, in the process of you becoming involved here, we mm. trained under Jack. He, he kind of became a mentor of sort for you on the fitness side of things. Talk to me about how the business transition happened, because you are now the steward of this walk me through sort of your logic behind that and and how we came to be here well i knew early 2000s been competing for after several shows i knew the name jack king i knew it had a lot of meaning with a lot of people in the fitness industry with people in bodybuilding olympic lifting and i knew we had a brand i knew we had something 
And at the time, I was trying to encourage Jack King to maybe grow the gym, maybe expand it. And uh, at that time, he was already retired. He's retired and he's enjoying some of the finer things. And um, um, he wasn't really into that idea. Um, sadly, he came down with uh, Alzheimer's in 2013, um, okay. 20, late 2012. I got involved with financials, kind of volunteering to help out a little bit, helping, helping his wife out. And then... Um, Quickly, I discovered that, you know, there's a lot of changes need to be made. If this Jack, this gym is going to continue three to five years from now. Yeah. There's a big difference when it comes to taking over an existing business as it does starting a new business from scratch. How was your experience with that? How, how do you feel? You, you mentioned that there were a lot of changes that had to be made to make this feasible moving forward. Talk to us about that. Well, we had to we had to make a, a lot of changes as far as Jack King um, with memberships. Um, you know, he this is the old school way the gyms did back in the old days. They wouldn't do the bank draft; they do the honor system. So we immediately had it. We had to change that because um, you unfortunately you do have girls and guys that are going to get by on you a week or two weeks and not pay on time. So immediately when I got involved, I start changing the membership status of that. Um, if you want to be a monthly member, you have to sign up for an enrollment, be, have your uh, membership deducted, have your checking account once a month. And that's when no sign up fees. Are go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, go ahead, yeah. So, so we switched from what many fitness facilities had become accustomed to in just mm -hmm. trusting that our members are gonna pay us, especially with local clubs like this kind of the antithesis of commercialized fitness but we knew from a, a financial standpoint and just building a foundation of good business that that had to be changed what about culturally jerry was there any kind of pushback or challenges or issues that you guys experienced once that transition did take place absolutely um so I was a member originally. So of course I've got a little pushback from several of my own members, people I've been friends with. And uh, yet being a competitor and being at that gym for many of years by that point, uh, this was something I knew um, it had to be done. And there was other things we had to do and process to save the gym financially. For it to continue, we had to restructure the whole brand the the brand the name is was worth more than all the machines and equipment we have and we knew we knew that but we knew we've had to figure out how can we how can we sell that what's our what's our niche so we started reaching out to um other people who own gyms um, that we know personally here locally in the triad and uh all of them agreed that we have this niche we have something that a lot of people don't have we have that old school um, vibe, but also a lot of guys come there to, you know, the power lifters, the Olympic lifting, it has that more serious mentality. Like it doesn't have all the TVs, the glamor and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So we, we knew we had something special. So we started looking into far as not just signing up people off the street anymore, just more or less, if you're serious minded and you're into strength training, bodybuilding, Olympic lifting or powerlifting we want you. And uh, 
that started working because it it it, it kind of customs to them. They don't have to worry about trying to get a squat rack or worry about getting a platform or worry about getting a certain machine or a or a bench. So we're, we're, we're pretty, we pretty much kind of cater to them and give them what they need. Yeah. So a little bit of, of compromise along the way. Hey, we're going to change some of the business practice here, but we're going to put a little TLC into the facility. We're going to to accommodate the core demographic that yeah. we serve. And so moving forward now from a business perspective, the main income from the business is the memberships, but we have a handful of other things, right? We have this boot camp, we have apparel, we have supplements, we have a number of different revenue sources. Right. Is that correct? Well, to, to lead up to lead up to what we just talked about, in uh, 20, um, 2017, we did our first bodybuilding show called the Jack Kings Classic. And uh, it was kind of, the show was originally supposed to raise money, kind of be an homage to Jack King. And so we had a huge turnout. The show actually was a lot bigger than we anticipated. And uh, it became a good problem for us. Um, the show now is a yearly show. We do it every year. And uh, that show, usually feasibly, we go between twenty-five dollars to $35,000. Yeah, and um, that's that's money from sponsors, vendors, athletes, ticket sales. So the show definitely generates a lot of money. Yeah, um, and we found even in our worst scenario, if we're not signing up any new members, the money acquired from here will carry will help carry the gym um, down the road. As far as next couple months, six months, eight months to a year. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting topic to bring up. Obviously, I mean, in its most simplistic sense, this is a business, and money in versus money out is is a scoreboard at the end of the day. But this is a strategy that you guys have come up with, one to to acknowledge the history and the past of how we got here, and two, from a viable income perspective, it's it's generated a decent return over the years. Talk to me about how we've gotten interest in either the bodybuilding show or membership in the gym in general. We'll chalk it up to the, the bucket of marketing, but what have you guys done over the years to be able to just get some people through the doors in the first place? Well, I've been really, really fortunate. My wife uh, worked in advertising for a number of years. So when we had to start changing up little bit of the marketing and how can we get the name out there even more so the younger younger generation has never heard of us how do we do that uh obviously social media facebook instagram all that stuff but also it comes down to um you know word of mouth uh, traveling um i would uh make an appearance at different bodybuilding shows competing far as either that or being a vendor or or judging um and i found that um that the more you get the name out there that we have gotten a more turnaround of people looking for us from out of town if we're coming in town or making an issue they're making an effort to come find us um come get a session in and it's actually helped with our social media platform uh tagging us okay. uh, sharing our stories or whatever on their stories on facebook or instagram has really has really helped us a lot 
Yeah. And, and it's funny because like we mentioned early on, this is a business 1976, we got off the ground, but still needs to be participating in, in changing with the marketplace and being on these digital platforms and utilizing the, the yeah. different options we have available is, is the social media stuff that you guys do. Is that something that we're running in house or is this like with like some sort of agency that you guys work with? No, this is, this is in-house. This is in-house. Okay. Everything we do with the Jack King's classic bodybuilding show is in-house. Um, with the, uh, the gym itself is in-house. So we do a, we do a, we do advertising separate from the gym with our show. We do, we, we send out uh, flyers and postcards to uh, other gyms, other shows. Um, and with the, uh, the gym itself, we do a lot of social media. Um, we brought in a, a gentleman by the name of Sal Martinez, who, who is a powerlifting coach. And uh, he's got a huge following on social media. And not only that, he's a pro in powerlifting. So I knew we had something special and he's a coach. So we started building off of him with that. And it took off in our powerlifting social media. It just really took off big time. And it brought in some really good powerlifters in turn. So we, for the first time that I've been there, we have a pretty stout powerlifting team. Because yeah. And so all of these things work hand in hand. Right? Mm -hmm. Our presence growing on social media helps the in-person. The in-person notoriety and fame helps the social media presence. And, and these things bounce back and forth. Talk to me about the sign-up process here, Jerry. Somebody's interested in coming to the gym. What happens? How do they actually go about becoming a, a new member here? So now, um, as of January of last year, they set up an appointment with me. Um, I pretty much screen them. Um, we, we have a conversation. Doesn't mean I want to sign them up. Uh, I'm basically want to see how serious they are. If they're, if they're really serious and doing this and committing to this, I'll sign them up. But I feel like it's a... Uh, some if it's somebody that's going to not be serious about it you know don't don't waste my time you know i want people that's serious minded because that the energy the the, the gym is just a little over three thousand square feet so everybody's bringing in energy you want to keep that energy up mm -hmm. you know it's basically you don't want to have a bad apple so if if they got good energy and i know they're going to come in there and work hard and if, especially if you're trying to compete in bodybuilding or so forth yeah, I definitely will sign them up and I want them in there. And, and uh, so we do a, uh, a monthly sign-up fee for $30 a month, set up on auto draft, or they can do the three months, which is $80 a month, or they can do the yearly, which is still $275. Okay. So they have a, they have a pretty good option of, of uh, what they highly want to set up. What stands out to me most in what you just said is that we are, we're a little bit more choosy it's almost an audition on their yeah. end. Whereas so many businesses in the <laughs> fitness space are just scraping and clawing to get anybody they can through the door. Right. You guys sort of take the opposite approach on that, a little I, bit more gatekeeper than sound prior to, trying to pull people in, um, right? Well, when I got involved with the gym business, now don't get me wrong, I did that. I would sign up anybody. And then I found I'm kicking on people out for doing... <laughs> all kinds of stuff yeah, and uh yeah. and i should go back saying that when i got involved with the gym 
we had to you know do things from installing cameras for insurance purposes um security as well and then you also we got a key fob system at the door so unless you're a member you can't get inside um the key fob system is hooked up to our computer it lets us know who comes in it takes a picture of them as they scan the key fob um it's also hooked up to their membership so their membership expires or they um the checking account is unable to draft the funds it deactivates their key fob I see. So we've we've gotten a little bit more stringent on mm -hmm. who we allow and, and the process becomes somewhat more arduous to, to become a new member. It makes sense. Anybody that's spent time in this kind of a gym model knows that not everyone is the ideal client. Not everybody belongs in this yeah. kind of an atmosphere, in this kind of a culture. And unfortunately, there are there are some people that that need to be shown the door every once in a while. You guys have now tried to circumvent that by just making it a little bit more difficult to become part of the club. Is that correct? That's correct. And uh, once I started doing this, I found out for the first time I've been there, we were having, we didn't have to deal with a bad member, had to deal with a member that's far as making their payments on time um it's been it's yeah. been it's been the you know it's been the less stress that i've actually yeah had it's sad that it's sad that we laugh at it but this is a reality it, of you know, the gym reality. business yeah and it's you know now i've been in a situation one too many times where i had to kick a member out even with somebody i liked or gave them too many chances which i usually did and um after you know, last year we decided let's do it like this let's change up the format let's let's interview the person and if they fit with our model what we have we'll sign them up um most of the time it usually works and uh, i would say yeah we have we have a good group of girls and guys now who are i would say actively 80 percent of them are in prep or can get ready to do a show in between bodybuilding lifting and powerlifting this year so it's we got a, a good amount of people that's actively want to do some type of an event which yeah. is good for us on the PR side. Yeah, and, and retention and gym camaraderie and all of these different intangibles that we can't necessarily measure, but you can feel if you're there and you as the owner of this internally feel, you mentioned stress being a part of this being lower since we made this changeover. All of our conversation so far, Jerry, has been, how did we get here in the past? What are we doing now? But paint the picture of the future of, of Jack Kings. What do you what do you want to see accomplished from a business perspective, from a gym perspective? Where do you see this thing going as you as you move forward? Well, first and foremost, I guess I definitely need to keep it going for the next nine years until I retire from my full-time job so I can go somewhere so my wife won't kill me and stay home all day. <laughs> but uh I uh I definitely it has grown tremendously with the financials since we started the first bodybuilding show i would tell you this um when uh COVID happened a lot of gyms shut down and the lesson we learned real quickly because we were financially okay um it was actually a good thing for us because we found we could actually restructure the gym floor layout we did some things differently we started getting new computers to set up with a gym membership um, so it was actually a, a, a 
a good thing for us. It, it allowed us to restructure some things inside the gym. With that being said, now going down a couple of years later, we can foresee we're growing to a point to where we're making decisions like, should we move? Should we uh-huh. go into and double the space? The, there's a pros and cons of that. Um, I think uh, in my own personal opinion, uh, I think the pros are, yes, you do generate more money if you keep the concept the same. Potentially, <laughs> yeah, if we do it correctly, yeah. But also what's unique about the space is that as a member, you are kind of forced to interact with other people, which, which there becomes this bond. There becomes this friendship of a very diverse group of people who are then, you know, they're camaraderie, they're the, the pushing each other, the, you know, it's just, it's, it's all this energy in the gym that electrifies the whole place. So it's kind of, it's kind of like a thing. If you, if you do move the gym, you're kind of forced, you're spreading people out where it's not, everybody's not together pushing each other and working out and uh, the heavy music's not playing. And it's just uh, there. So there's a little bit of that, that me and my business partner have been going back and forth on. Entrepreneurship's fun because it's always this this balancing act of pros and cons, right? Can we do X, Y, and Z? Yeah, sure, of course. But what does that come with? What are the potential repercussions? What are the upsides? What are the downsides? Moving into a bigger location, can we do it? Can we outfit this with more members and potentially bring in more money? Sure. Yeah. What does that look like? One, strictly from a cost perspective, rent's going to be higher. Now we have to find double the equipment. You mentioned some cultural things. People are more spread out. They're not interacting. And there's something to be said for for legacy or or aura of a facility like this that has been around for so long. You You can't quite measure it, but you know it when you're in it. And so it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up because, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer here we can go either way it's just how do we set ourselves up for success whichever path we choose i think it it, that and also if you care about your members you obviously want to see them succeed in what they're trying to do as well and uh i don't want to hamstring them by doing making a move without I would say even almost talking to them about it, say, hey, I'm, we're thinking about doing this. What do you guys think? Because um, I want to see them be the best at what they're doing, if it's competing in bodybuilding, Olympic lifting, or powerlifting. Um, there is that one side of me that's, yeah, I want to grow the business, obviously, to make more money. Then there's this other side of me that says, if we're good where we're at now, in three to five years, we could probably be better but how can we how can we do that? And and the things that we're looking at now is actually getting sanctioned and doing piloting deal. And um, so that's something we're looking into at this moment. No shortage of options. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. The fitness industry is a fun one and and always a decision to be made. Jerry, we're running a bit shy on time, but I wanted to to save a minute or two at least for you to tell people where they could learn more about this. You mentioned a website. You mentioned social media. How can people find you guys? Uh, you can find us at uh, Jack King's Gym on Instagram, and um, you can also check out the uh, Jack King's Classic, the OCB, which we're sanctioned with the OCB Federation. It's a drug tested organization, 
And uh, you can also check us on our Facebook page, Jack King's Gym, to get more bio. That is perfect. Jerry, that's been fun, man. I always enjoy getting a behind the scenes tour of businesses like this to hear about how things truly function from a business perspective and, and what's working and what's not. So like I said, I'm excited to see what the future holds. We've been a business for almost 50 years and, and it doesn't yeah. sound like we're stopping anytime soon. So um, I appreciate your time and, and I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.